0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the new Forge. I talked about the design, the matchmaking, and the quest. Some things they might want to think about for future content like this and some adjustments they could make. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash rage. If you want to come hang out and be part of these discussions live, you could probably do that right now. I start every day at 7 a.m. Eastern, and I go until about 5 Eastern, So it's a big chunk during the day where a lot of you watch my content. You could come in and say hello. A lot of people have been doing that lately. So I thank you guys that have been stopping in. So I basically said I like the new design of the forge. I wish the boss was a little bit harder. I didn't like the questing. I don't like having to come all the way into the map to initiate matchmaking and would like to see them give us the ability to matchmake from the director. That was essentially the gist of my talk. That's the, that's the cliff notes. Velvet Hippo with the first question. What do you think are some of the best weapon perks? I mean, I think one of the best weapon perks in the game right now is is Feeding Frenzy uh, because you don't have to land crits. And that's one of the draws and the appeals of the new Pulse. The new Pulse, you can get Feeding Frenzy Rampage. And generally speaking, a Pulse, you're going to be hitting crits because of the design of the weapon and how you're typically going to use it. I would think you're not going to struggle to get consistent uh, you know, critical hits. But if... You know, if that's something that, that sometimes you get out of sync with or you mess up, Feeding Frenzy is a fantastic perk. Rampage is also a, a great perk. And, and to some degree, Rampage is better than it's ever been because of the Rampage spec mod that you can get from Ada. Being able to increase the duration uh, of Rampage is immensely helpful because you're able to, especially with guns like the, um, the Breakneck, and even if you guys have watched any of my content recently with the Warden's Law that I've been using, I'm able to keep Rampage times three for really long periods of time. You would think one extra second is not that, you know, meaningful, but it is actually extremely helpful. Uh, you get you get a really really nice rhythm going on the ads, and I mean times three is great. That's why everybody really wanted the kindled orchid the kindled orchid with you know rampage and a rampage extender and you're stacking that rampage on top of kill clip that i mean that could be a really fun role and i mean obviously that's one of the design things that people are saying uh that they don't like i kind of left this out of my talk i would like to see them rotate the weapons uh a little bit more regularly They, uh, unfortunately are rotating the weapons in pairs. So if you want to grind for the machine gun or the auto rifle, I mean, you're, you are out of luck for a couple weeks now. Um, both last week and this week, I think it'd be cool if there was one gun from every forge each week. So three guns. So let's say one week, it would be machine gun and then sniper and then the bow. And then the next week it's, you rotate, right? The next week it would be the auto rifle and the hand cannon and the pulse rifle so every week each forge you're like which one do i want if it's not the one you want you just wait till next week i'm sure there's something in the game you could be chasing at that point whether it's a nightfall specific reward uh or something else i would think that there'd be something to perk your interest and again that just kind of adds to some of that what i've been calling rhythmic urgency where bungie says you're gonna you're gonna be able to do this for this amount of time and then you know and then it goes away that is something that they, uh, they seem to enjoy doing. I just think the rhythm could be, it could be better. Uh, it could be better than it is. Cause I do think people are going to get annoyed when they have to wait, you know, numerous weeks before the gun they like comes back. Now, some people are speculating maybe next week they'll just open it up and you can always grind for them or something. We're not really sure. I was thinking maybe they could just make the rhythm better, but that, that would be, that would be totally good. Uh, too. So I'm gonna try and get my uh, Phoenix protocol going here and get get my super back, because this top area can be uh, pretty frustrating. And I'm just gonna be catching these here. Uh, Avenge86 uh, Avenge says, was just reflecting on the state of the game and watched some of your uploads uh, this time last year and you were surprisingly positive about Curse of Osiris in your initial reactions video. In hindsight, what was the turning point that made you feel the game was in trouble? Well, I, th- the thing is, is I'm I'm easy to please a lot of the times with content like that. I think it's like I can go see a movie like Transformers and not get that upset at the lack of drama and 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 you know great script and everything else like i can watch a movie like that and not i don't go in with expectations of getting like oscar-worthy performances oscar-worthy directing and cinematography um but that you know and that that kind of helps me enjoy a movie like that the thing that the thing with curse of osiris i think that over time really reared its head it it clearly kind of Highlighted some of the shortcomings of the weapon system, the lack of random rolls. I mean, we we all sort of saw we're like, wait a minute, you know, vex the, It was also the infinite forest, right? Initially, it seemed like, man, there's some great stuff here. There's some great pockets. There's some great grind, but with time, it was just like. Man, none of this stuff really matters like it just it you know and especially as i started to tell people when you when you have static roles, everything is binary so if you're grinding for a weapon like let's say you really wanted to get the escalation protocol shotgun well it's a binary experience for you it's a zero or it's a one you either get it or you don't there's no dance there's no there's no pursuit there's no there's no nothing, right? And then what ends up happening is is if you have really good RNG, you're suddenly really not interested in the content. Bad RNG, you're interested in the content in a way that almost feels forced, right? Well, I, I have to keep running this. And then if your buddies get it, they don't want to run it with you, and then you're kind of the one with the bad luck, right? So initially, Curse of Osiris just felt like a nice value add, pretty good quest. We didn't like the public space. We didn't like, you know, the public event. Um... But I think with time, the weapon system, the lack of random rolls, just a lot of that really reared its head as being very, very value deficient in the content. And again, my position on things changed over time. Like the more I interacted with the community, uh, the more I kind of saw we, you know, we need we. This game needs help. I'm trying to get those stupid seeds and I because they fall off the map I was trying to I was trying to get them because he, he wasn't he wasn't coming over the ground for us to get the seeds um, that's a bummer because it's a guaranteed 10 and alley I, I didn't get them all <laughs> I didn't get them all so we'll run another one and we'll probably get the uh, we'll probably get the from just the regular guys. Teleports there to us after the first teleport. I'll do less damage to him than initially since we're matchmaking and the guy that we're playing with randomly doesn't know what we're doing. So, Curse of Osiris, you know, initially, like, all content, I think you're always like, ooh, it's new and it's fresh, and then always, that you know, the paint starts to chip, you start to settle into the grind, you start to settle into what should be long-term value points, and then those long-term value points aren't there. That kind of happened with Forsaken, right? Forsaken was amazing, We're like, this is great, the new supers are awesome, the new raid is awesome, but then as time went on, some of the paint starts to chip. You're like, well, the raid weapons aren't that great. There aren't really any unique roles in the game that are really drawing your attention away." from year one stuff. Midnight coup, Ikela, Shotgun are still god tier. I got a lot of flack from people, but I just slowly started to try to point out, like, Forsaken has been, you know, done a good job. If you watch, it's the same pattern every time. You watch my Forsaken initial response videos, they're all very positive, it's very exciting, we're very hopeful. I always try to be reserved. I always try to say things like, well, I hope, you know, uh, I hope that they consider this or i hope there's this in that place or i hope you know random rolls. if you go back and watch my videos where people are like aren't people just going to continue to use their year one weapons well if you go back and watch my stuff i'm like i'm hopeful that bungie can introduce new perks I also said, I was like, random rolls isn't going to matter if you don't really expand the perk pool, perk diversity, uh, perk depth. Like, I really highlighted that. I was like, if you're not doing that, then random rolls isn't going to feel like a value add. Like, you can go back and watch my content before Forsaken even landed. That was a big point that I consistently tried to make. It was just like, this isn't going to really be a value add if there's not a lot of depth and a lot of, you know, Punch, and then the more we got into the end game of Forsaken, the more I kind of saw, like, hey, Bungie, you did a great job, but you need to dig down in on the perk system, the perk trees, the unique roles, the curated roles, etc. And they've kind of done that with the Forge. Again, initial impressions of the Forge I've said are very good. I like it. I think it's cool. I like having a grind like this. I like having an intentional grind. I think a lot of people that didn't do intentional grinds in D1 are getting a taste for it for the very first time, right? You're you're getting that taste of, I know where a weapon is, I know it can have good rolls, I'm going to go after it. And it's such an intentional and quick grind compared to, I might get the gun at the end of the nightfall, I might get the roll that I want, this is, I get the gun every time, I'm just going until I get the roll that I want. I think this format is 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 catching a lot of fire with people, but people that are a little bit more hip, people that are a little bit more in tune with what a good or a bad roll is or isn't, I think are a little more likely to think that they need to go a little bit further with the value that they're trying to add and I've pointed that out with you know shield uh disorient and disruption break as perks that they could definitely, you know, dig in on and and do more with cuz you know, as it stands, they don't feel all that impressive and I think they could be. So logistically, they did what we asked. There are perks and they're unique and, you know, they do something that nothing, you know, other guns can't do, but without power behind the uniqueness, it's just sort of like, you know, it's just it, it's one of those things where you're not gonna be able to get, I think, that captured hardcore audience and so you start really, really investing in that long term grind with the with the perks and the the perk diversity. So. Tiger Pride. Lono, do you think Bungie dropped the ball on the most recent Forge? It feels very lackluster throughout the whole encounter i mean i your your question got your got got your answer in my segment i actually like the new forge i mean you saw me dying a bunch uh you you know this guy is going up there so because he's going up there you know i'm i'm coming down here i kind of had to pivot so if you're matchmaking you kind of have to sync up with the team or you're going to run the risk of of failing because you're not going to have enough people killing the blue guys to keep the timer going if you're not keeping the timer going you know, it'll run out. You also have to have people making sure that they get, you know, decent aim to to keep, the, to keep the balls up at the top. Like, there's a lot going on in this. I think this is significantly better than the other Forges. I think my favorite is still going to be the EDZ one, mainly because it's just an easy... It's just easier. If you're getting into a loot grind and a loot circle, I mean, that's essentially what you're going to go for, right? You're going to take the path of least resistance. That's probably why... All the, the each forge has different gear, and honestly, the you know probably one of the more sought after ones, the orchid, as well as this pulse rifle. People are people are going into those those forges for them, and the Nessus Forge, uh, the Gofanon Forge, and this forge are uh, are clearly uh, challenging and take more time. So we only have four out of twenty slammed up there. I don't know if this guy doesn't really understand what he's supposed to be doing, since he took my position. Uh, so again, matchmaking could be a little bit frustrating. You know, it's tough up there though. He might just be dying like I was dying. You can get in a pretty bad rhythm up there, and he that could just be happening to him. He could just be having a bad, a bad, you know, run of bad luck. So I like the Forge. I don't expect everybody to like it. I don't. I you know, some people might say, you know, ah, it's, I'm not a fan. You know, I wish it was. I wish it was better. I wish it was more challenging. But I think it's a good one. Uh, Sasquatch or no? I'm sorry. Zequin Squanch says. How does the forge work? What power level do you have to be to do it? You have to unlock it through quest steps, and then the recommended power, I believe, is six ten. And by the end, I believe the boss is six thirty, and the encounters are like six twenty five. Um, that's that's kind of where I would I would place it as far as like the order you need to do stuff and what you need to do. Um, you know, make sure you're at least in the si- I would say sixteens. You know, if you uh. If you're like 616, 611, you should be fine. Uh, Absorb Zero, what do you think about the roadmap? I think logistically speaking, the roadmap is totally fine. I think it's totally fine. I think a lot of people are having to adjust kind of their, their expectations with, okay, here's what's going to happen, kind of here's what we can expect, etc., etc., etc. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, A lot of people are going into this content and then coming away from it saying, oh, it's not enough, but if you look at the old format, in my most recent video, I kind of give thoughts on the annual pass and the drip feed. I just say that I, I think it's better. I think it's, it's far and away better than getting a DLC that you burn through really quickly, and then you're kind of like, okay, I'm done, and now what? I'd rather have something kind of perking my interest each week. Now, again, I'm going to continue to echo my point of concern that if you don't really add power, if you don't add unique stuff, um then people are going to lose interest even faster. He, does he spawn over top of us here? Oh, where, there he is, there he is. So now his simulation seeds will drop on the ground for you. I didn't need seeds anymore. So just a little tip, if you're watching this or you're listening, we're in the new forge. Uh, and the if you get the, the Hydra to come, like a couple teleports to the middle, then he will uh, drop the seeds for you. If you kill him out over the top, he drops the seeds down in the hole and they do not go. (laughs) They do not go to the postmaster. Ghost with a brand new prime sub. uh, Welcome. Thank you so much for subbing. Roogaroo Boogaloo, New Forge Who Dis? Do you feel the lackluster boss after the more challenging ball throw mechanics in the New Forge lessens the excitement for the New Forge? Yeah, I kind of left that out in my response to the most recent question. I do wish the boss was harder. I don't understand why they didn't do something with the shield mechanic. Again, I swore I saw pictures of this Forge with those little shield cubes that are from the Garden World Strike. I, 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 they could have done that they could have shielded the forge every once in a while and made that a point of frustration uh the forge itself is better the boss is lackluster um so it's disappointing that it's supposed to be end game and he doesn't even feel like a strike boss he, he doesn't even feel like a public event he feels like a public event boss like pretty weak um so jalen for prez what do you think of the idea of guild tabard kind of thing like in wow and probably other games where you could rep your clan with your custom colors and emblem allow for a little more customization i still don't know why they haven't done clan shaders so if you go back and you watch the world premiere when they debuted clans we all freaked out right because there was a there was this idea that like oh that we're going to have shaders in line with uh what what the what the the emblem that you design looked like because when they promoted clans in the trailer it was they sh- they basically showed them all using the same color shaders if you look at the clan banner and I've made this point in other videos but it's been a while so I'm kind of glad you brought this back up again uh, if you look at the the banners when you're making them or when they're done these design elements exist in the game. Those colors, that's the colors from like the crimson valor shader, that wolf face and these chevrons, those are design elements that show up in the game. There are items in the game that just have that stuff on them. There's like the birds, the falcons, the lions, etc. Um so I don't know why they don't just pull from your uh I might keep that. Dragonfly with drop mag Zen and reload. That might actually be pretty fun. I don't know why they don't just pull from your from your emblem. So like right now the the, the Rageless Amalon shader would have though that the wolf face, those chevrons, and those colors. And it would just randomly kind of apply them. So you know, maybe it would try and have the you know the wolf landing on the chest or like big pieces like this so you could see it. And then it would also do the same thing to guns. And then it could do the same thing to create an emblem for you. So you could come down here, pick your pick your your emblem from your clan, and it would just do the same thing. It would pull those design elements from the banner. Uh, it, it's they're already in the game. They just need to assign it to location so that it just kind of copy pastes your your design choices on your shaders and then on your emblem. So this isn't a huge deal, but I feel like man, this is this would be an easy win for just a cool thing they could do. But we're so far down the line, I don't think we'll ever get anything like that. Avet seven. What if each season, each activity got a loot refresh, uh, example escalation protocol, infinite forest uh, raids. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably coming in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the future annual pass does that you have all these pockets in the game now. So by this time next year, when they're doing another annual pass, you've got the infinite force, you've got escalation protocol, you've got the blind. Well, you've got the three forges. You have all these pockets that you can say, okay, the bosses are going to be different. The enemies are going to be different. There's going to be new loot, right? That, that could be a, that could be an easy, easy win, uh, for the community because we're already familiar with the content. It's easy to grind it. And the truth be told the other the other pieces of content didn't get uh, in there in their heyday if you can say it was a heyday they didn't really get a whole lot of engagement so it wouldn't feel like the forges maybe but like blind well a year from now escalation protocol a year from now I don't think anybody would be like oh this is recycled this content so old and boring I think a lot of people would say oh wow we haven't done this in a really long time this is pretty good I even said they should do that with the uh, They should do it with the NPCs on the different planets bring all their guns forward, give them random rolls, and then kind of how like Ada, you go to Ada and she has weapons that cycle each week. You go to Devrim K, and each week he's got two weapons that you can like grab a bounty from and grind for as much as you want. You grab the bounty, you do it, it takes a while, kind of like this, and then he spits out an old fashioned and you do it over and over and over again, just getting old fashions all week until you get the roll that you want. If you did that on every planet, that's another big win for the community. You're just taking an existing sort of pocket and and piece of the game and just investing in it bishop x says the forge weapon grind seems very similar to the skeleton key weapon grind in d1 but a little more streamlined what's your thoughts and which do you prefer okay here's the thing the skeleton key grind was segmented like this but the reason i didn't like the skeleton key grind is there were layers of rng Okay. So like you would run strike after strike after strike with your buddies and you might get, you might get nothing. You might get, you might not get a skeleton key, right? And then when you finally get a skeleton key, you might not even get the weapon to drop. You go and you open up the chest and nothing pops out. You get the grass skirt, right? When I was doing the Imago loop then when you finally do get the weapon, you might not even get the roll that you want. So there was like three layers of RNG there that I felt like were unnecessary to the grind. I feel like they could have done a skeleton key from every strike that you complete. You do five strikes, you get five keys, that's five chances. Now you gotta go run the strike five times and there's still RNG layers there to kind of keep you in the fight, right? You're still going for the Imago loop that you want. You're... You're not getting the Imago loop, you know, two or three times out of the five. And then the two or three times out of the five that you do get the Imago loop, you don't get the role that you want, right? So this is this is again, this is where I think they've made a smarter pivot now. And that's why I like the idea of them saying, We need to say, here's a weapon, here's how to get it, right? There is something that keeps popping up in my task manager right now when I'm having to struggle with my bitrate called QT Qt Web begin, begin E Process. Like, what the frick is that? I don't even know what that is. QT, and then another space. QT Web Begin E Process. If you're listening to this later, we've been having some issues with bitrate. That's why I just sat still for a really long time just now because I was worried we were going to drop frames. It's passed. Oh, that's QuickTime itunes yeah it's i think that might be what's what's running in the background like maybe quicktime or itunes is trying to update again windows updates i think triggers other software to do stuff i don't want to close it i don't know if it uses quicktime i don't know if obs pulls or runs anything from the video codecs or quicktime i don't know how any of that works it could be apple checking for updates i don't even i didn't even know i had itunes or quicktime on here I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is. Nothing uses QuickTime. I'll I'll maybe consider closing it later. I don't want to do it during Q and I've I've already disrupted Q and A just now, so I'm just gonna take the next question. Robbie Hamburger, do you think the forges should be unlocked for secondary characters once you make it to the first? Yeah, I've already I've already gotten this question. I think that um. I think it should be account wide. It should be account wide, especially as tedious as the quest is, waiting on public events and stuff like that. Uh, Lord Givens, what are your thoughts on Destiny leaning more into the RPG role, uh, roles, like a healer? Do you think they should go completely down that path with subclasses? I think we get a cool interpretation of that, if that's what we want to call it. Like, you play a lot of RPGs, and that's what, you know, they do. They have healers, they have tanks, they have DPS guys. I feel like, um... It's from Qt. Oh, it's something that Chrome is doing. Interesting. So it's not QuickTime. Okay. So closing it could mess with Chrome. I don't know. Um. Anyways, yeah. I think I think we get interpretations of this. Like uh, a a well of radiant subclass is a healer. You know, way of a thousand cuts is focused on being you know DPS. Um. It- void you know void void titan shield is is like a support class, you know? So I, I feel like we get pretty good interpretations of this. I don't know if I want to go down like rigid, you know, oh you're a healer and you gotta stand behind us and you gotta do this, 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 and this. Like the reason I like the way that they have it set up with with this being like almost like its own interpretation is i still feel like i'm primarily playing a shooter and then i have abilities and things that can affect the way that i support the team or come up with strategy instead of feeling like because if you think about it if you think about it i remember once in the elder scrolls online we were doing one of those really really hard dungeons and like if you were the healer you had to stand behind everybody and if you were the dps or whatever and so your experience in that in that dungeon was completely and utterly different it's like being it's like being the healer in overwatch right your your role i mean you are you are playing that game completely differently than everybody else and you're you know and a really good healer can literally make or break a team in overwatch like a really good healer is a nightmare to play against right so uh i think that's i think that's i think just too rigid i, I don't want that in destiny I, that, that, that's what i like about this is that i sure i'm running what could be considered like a healing support class right now i'm running well of radiance but i don't have to play that differently i can kind of still do the same things that i've always done in the game And then when it's time to do damage or people need help i can kind of step up to the plate especially like when we're in blind well i can feel pretty cool right i'm like yeah watch this slap a you know slap a well of radiance down and then you know i I get my super back because there's so many ads to kill but i don't have to play well of radiance that specific of a way the other thing to consider is exotics then kind of become part of your identity like when I'm in when I'm in the blind well, and I am running shards of Galanor, and I keep getting my, uh, I keep getting harmony. That's really really cool. I feel like a freaking superstar in there. Every time you have harmony, and then you get, uh, you get your your shards. You just land a hit on pretty much any enemies. Your shards and your harmony. You You basically get your super back like right away. So that's something that I think really again adds to the expression of the player choice and the identity that you feel you have and not sort of feeling penned into if you pick this subclass you have to play this way it also like it also leads to people i think being more willing to play the other classes and the other subclasses because i can play way of a thousand cuts in a way that i find fun i can play you know, uh, coat of the missile in a way that I find fun. Like, I don't feel I have to play those in a specific way because a lot of times that's what ends up happening, right? If you don't want to be a healer, you're never going to pick a healer in overwatch. You're just going to say, no, screw this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not being a healer. Right. And I think, I think to a certain degree, th- those, those games have that place and it just doesn't feel that doesn't feel like it belongs in destiny. So that's a long winded answer. Um, but, I was actually, as I was talking about it, trying to just consider what it would feel like to have that. And I just, I think there's a lot of, we'd have a lot of loss. We'd have a lot of loss. Romano Cheese says, do you think this quest should have Ada and ghost dialogue, uh, while doing these steps to make it seem more related to the forge? Give us a reason for doing the public events, man. Stuff like that never really, never really bothers me. Um, I was one of the few people that was sort of like yeah man just no campaign we don't need a campaign we play it once and then we don't look back now i like the campaign in forsaken you know obviously i've got very fond memories of the campaign in the taken king i think that's one of the coolest campaigns like it's one of the coolest bad guys in the game uh but i don't i don't ever sort of like lose sleep or oh man i can't believe there's not more dialogue that's never been a big driver for me now if it's a driver for you I could see saying man there could have been a little bit more here to kind of establish the lore of the forge and I would probably agree with you Um, it does seem a little light it does seem a little light but again the focus of the annual pass is not that they're not really focused on giving you story they're not really focused on expanding uh, the storyline in that way and we're kind of waiting just in case anybody's going for radiant seeds I'm waiting for him to come right here into the middle so if anybody needs the seeds to drop, they'll drop right here in the middle for them. I don't need the seeds, but I'm just trying to be a good, uh, a good and friendly player to my, uh, my fellow comrades in uh, in the area. Let's see if we got a feeding frenzy roll. Nope, we got a Zen, we got a Zen roll with high impact reserves. Not what we want, so we'll run it again. Next question comes from Amish Milkman. Uh, With the new additions of the Forge and the Dungeon, I feel there's a chance that Bungie has plans of making more content that is for smaller teams that can't get full raid parties. I think this is a good direction, and I would like your input. I definitely think they are leaning a little bit more toward smaller fire team activities, but I think that's generally just because... That's always been the majority of the Destiny content, anyway. So I mean, strikes and patrols and uh, and adventures and all that, Lost Sectors, all those all those pieces of the game are, are are designed for small fire teams, anyway. So whenever they say let's add a bunch of quantity to the game, I think that's an easy easy win i don't necessarily think that means they're going to pivot away from raids and pivot to smaller activities i just think when you're adding to destiny smaller activities are typically where the quantity is anyway does that make sense so it doesn't make me think oh bungie's up to something here they're going to be doing more small fire team stuff it makes me just think no not really i mean most of the contents for a small fire team me like just look at the look at the the map okay Everything here in the Vanguard is three, okay? Four for Crucible, four for for Gambit. Well, you can do six. I'm sorry for Crucible, four for Gambit. All the planets are 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 small fire teams. Everything you do on the planet, Lost Sectors, Adventures, Public Events, etc., are built for small fire teams. So quantitatively, that's just kind of where the content is. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't expect them. To suddenly be like, hey, we're adding endgame content with the annual pass and it's all six-man fire team stuff. Uh, that, I think, would be, to a certain degree, I think that would be a mistake. I think that would make people feel like, man, you are not building this content for me uh, at all. Um, I don't like baiting him to the middle, so I'm going to do the pulse multis and the radiant seeds the old-fashioned way. I'm just going to blitz it on Mars Lost Sector hey shiz with the next question in the trailer for the forge yesterday it said season of the forge heats up do you think they were implying or hinting that the new forge weeks are going to be more exciting in the first few weeks or just a little advertising phrase that phrase caught my attention too I wasn't sure if it was just a turn of phrase to be silly like hey it's another forge it heats up maybe they were just it's a harder forge you know it's more difficult because of the way they built it not the boss the boss is really weak but the way they built the the structure of it It is a little bit more challenging i would like to see it heat up i would like to see there be harder difficulties you know difficulty uh difficulty meters would be an easy easy win um because if if people feel they can they can get in at the ground level and then after that they feel like it can get harder that's just great for the spectrum of the player base that was part of the problem day one it was like if you guys would have just done a difficulty setting everybody could have gone in at 600 and then you could have bumped it to 625 and then to 650 and when you do that i think when you do that you end up making the content feel more stretched out in a healthy way you could even have bounties and drop rates tied to the difficulty settings like if you increase the difficulty your chances for you know this or that go up. Maybe she has better bounties when you increase the difficulty. You know, those are those are things I think that are just easy, easy wins. That, you know, unfortunately, I are lacking. You know, it's unfortunate. But I I'm always I'm gonna say a lot of the same things I've been saying, right? It's buckshot content. All they were trying to do is give us containers to, to, to play in. And things to do, and that means some of those quality points and stuff just aren't going to be there. You know, they just maybe they didn't have time. Maybe they you know, was just, they couldn't finesse the content. They couldn't do difficulty things. Now that might mean they do something similar to that they've done to other content. Right? Each week it changes. Maybe next week, maybe Niobe Labs is going to completely change all of it. I mean, we don't know, right? Niobe Labs could completely change it. The, you know, the grind could get harder, more segmented. You know, more challenging. The content itself could be more you know more challenging. there's a there's a variety of things I think they could do uh, with the content that would make you feel like it's not just these really easy forges you know and then over and over and over again it'd be like no this one's a lot harder but it's worth it Uh, and you know I'm gonna spend a lot of time in here and I'm gonna chase these weapons you know these certain weapons maybe have stronger roles I was gonna try and get these pulse rifle multi kills before we kill the boss Uh, looks like I'm not gonna get my wish because then he would drop seeds for me, and then I could just go do the Lost Sector one time. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, I need four more multi-kills. He spawns enemies that are just too strong. of <laughs> Labs is in January. I thought it was next week. I thought there was something next week. Fet44, what do you think about them implementing a hard mode, ra- uh, hard mode raid that has an increased power cap? If you obtain pieces of the armor... From the hard mode, for an example would be that your power cap is technically 650. If you obtain a full set of hard mode gear, it could pull you to 660 or something, and they help hardcore players feel more set apart. Uh, I've seen a lot of complaints about the super hardcore crowd um, and how they don't think someone should be able to hit max without running the raids. Yeah, this sentimentality... Oh, Naomi Labs is January 8th? Okay, I thought there was something next week. Sorry, I was giving out bad information. I swore there was something next week. I must have just gotten confused. Um, yeah, so... I've, I've heard this sentimentality a lot. You shouldn't be able to get max power unless you run the raid, right? Iron Banners next week. There we go. And this sentimentality came earlier in the life cycle of the game during destiny one after the april update came out they you know people said they shouldn't have done one-to-one infusion you're you know it's too easy to get max light the real thing i think people should have been saying is man oh man this gun and that gun are so awesome i can't believe you guys haven't tried to run the raid yet you know um you know this 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 is such a great gun. I'm so glad I got this cuz that's essentially what Fatebringer, what the Vex mythic you know, those were those were guns and drops from D1 raids that you were not going to, you know, sit that out if you were a hardcore player. Well, Kingsfall did not have Kingsfall did not have good good drops. So nobody prided themselves on their drops. Nobody was like, "Oh my gosh, you have to get this gun." It was this is a means of getting max power and so that value shift in the community i think has led to people focusing on what i think and again i'm not telling people how to play but to me it's like you're focusing on the wrong thing i'm not telling you what to focus on i'm not telling you what to focus on but i feel like you're focusing on the wrong thing you're saying oh man i got max power now these guys got max power max power is not interesting anymore you know, what if the raid, I mean, and they kind of did that with the 1k voices in this new raid exotic, right? If you have that, nobody else can get that. You know, you feel pretty dope. You feel pretty good. And I think they need to go a little bit further. You know, raid guns need to be more unique, you know, man, the, the, the role on that shotgun is cool. Cause it's trench barrel, right? Outside of that, you don't really feel the need to run the raid yo that scout i've never seen that perk on a scout what is that perk oh it does x y and z and it's actually really nice if there's ranged combat you know like shattered throne and stuff it's actually really really strong it's really really good in the end fight but that's just not happening nobody's nobody is going into the either raid last wish or scourge of the past and coming away with something that is a must-have and so then you focus on power level as your rite of passage um, and if power levels is a rite of passage, I just get confused by that. This is another thing that confuses me about the way people argue. If it's a rite of passage and it's such a huge value point that you feel is cheapened by other people leveling up easily. I don't necessarily understand that given the behavior of players, the behavior of players communicates something entirely different to me. The, the behavior of players is this is just something to get out of the way. I, I just want to be done with this. People hit the, the max level, like, week one, week two, and you're like... but And then you're trying to protect the integrity of that grind and that process. Why? D- you didn't do anything, and so many people game the system anyway. You know? It's hard to tell people the only way to hit max to do end game, uh, raids and endgame content because it's the end game content. You should have to build your way up to get into the raid and grind it to finally hit max, and then that's your trophy in a sense. Um... Yeah, but again, Jewish Rai, it's a loot-based game. So, I don't know. Wrath of the Machine kind of did that, I think. It kind of brought back that idea of, dude, Genesis Chain is such a great auto-rifle. The, you know, the Chaos Dog- Dogma is such a strong scout. And then it made people want to go run Wrath of the Machine. I don't know. I feel like loot incentives are better than leveling incentives because leveling is just... It, when I'm running around, okay, and I'm doing content... I never once am like, dude, the fact that I'm 650 right now completely changes my outlook and my experience. I could come in here and swap out a piece of gear that that makes me lower than 650 and the game doesn't feel any different to me unless I go into content that has a delta, right? If I go into content and I'm under leveled, that's the only time the experience shifts. Well, eventually you get above the delta and then no longer feel any different. Right, what makes me feel different in the game is running, running geomag stabilizers, running chromatic fire, running phoenix protocol, getting feeding frenzy, procking trench barrel, you know, shooting a twin-tailed fox. Those are the things that really land on and change your experience. Right. That's if if that's not happening, right. If that's not happening, if you're not having that experiential shift according to loot, then what exactly is the mo- is the motivator and the driver? That's why I harp on random roles, really strong perks, unique perks, curated roles, all of that. Like I really harp on that. The reason I harp on that is that's the true endgame chase. That's the true loot pursuit. That's what really. Because and again, I'm not telling you what to prize and value, but if you prize leveling and infusion, it. I don't understand how you could prize that because it's over and done with so quickly and it doesn't change your experience. I don't know anybody that's running around with a big grin on their face and, like, oh, this is so awesome, dude. 650, what a rush. No, they're like, dude, Chaos Reach, oh my gosh, Blade Barrage, dude, nice job, what a good melt. Look at the damage I'm getting. That's typically what puts a smile on your face. The first time you use Thunderlord, you're like, dude, the Thunderlord, man. You know, I don't know. I think that's pretty universal. Origami. Oops, I went to the wrong one. Sorry. Uh, would you like to see Vex hive-themed armor make a glorious return? I know every raid has themed armor, but nothing really lets us wear our enemies as trophies anymore. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from. The the I think the theme of the, the raid armor for Scourge of the Past is magnificent. I love the way that it looks. I love the way that the armor looked in Wrath of the Machine. I... I don't know sometimes you don't have to look like you ripped apart the dinosaur or the thing that you killed sometimes you just want to look awesome and i feel like the scourge of the past the the scourge of the past armor in my mind hits those markers like it looks i look cool when i when i see those full sets i feel like i look they look cool like i'm gonna look awesome and i felt like the wrath of the machine armor did something very similar uh rusty You mentioned a long sparrow ride to the matchmaking button. I agree this seems particularly unnecessary. Is this an example of Bungie trying to increase player hours? Just bad game design, a limitation of their game engine, or something else? Alright, so here's what I think it is, and people are going to be like, stop making excuses for Bungie, you shill, you Bungie apologist, whatever the frick label they want to give me. I don't really care. Uh, Here's what I think it is they indicated that matchmaking for public space activities is difficult. They indicated that when people asked for it with Escalation Protocol. For whatever the reason, the way they built public spaces, the way they built the instancing, right, the way they've done that, it's not something that they can just throw matchmaking into easily, okay? This is why when they did the Infinite Forest, the Haunted Forest, you actually weren't going into the public space of the infinite forest or of mercury you were going to the tower you were clicking on something and then it was throwing you into matchmaking right they kind of segmented it i think that's one of the reasons with the forges they're like okay we want forges to be in the public space but the way we built public space instancing we can't just let you matchmake down into those areas right i said in my talk i actually think it's kind of cool i actually think it's kind of cool that you, do, during the quest, you discover these forges out in the wild. They're in public spaces. You ride your sparrow back to some area, and you're like, what the frick is back here? Boom. Here's this giant forge. It's like, it's like they sliced off a piece of a strike and just shoved it into the public space. I love that aspect of it. And for whatever reason, you can't just go to the director and matchmake into it. Like, I rode all the way back here, flew all the way back here, walked all the way back here, jumped, blah, 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 so I could go do this. Right? Someone's joining your fire team. Okay, cool. So and so I could press this button to ignite the forge. And this button yanks me out of the public space and puts me into matchmaking. Because if you if you go into this process and then you cancel it, you're actually in orbit. It pulls you out. You're not here. It's really, really strange. So I'm not giving them a pass, I'm just saying this is is some pain points they've expressed to us about just throwing matchmaking into the public space. So they want to use the existing public spaces, maybe that's easier for them with development you know, they don't have to create a whole new area, right? They're not creating a new destination they're using an existing destination that might be easy for development bandwidth, getting things done on time, delivering, right? They want to deliver the drip feed, well... If that's the case, then they want to tack it on. And then that comes with a pain point. Well, if we tack on to existing spaces, we can't just have people match make from orbit that we they actually have to drive there. I don't, I don't know why it's that way. I don't work for Bungie. I just, I'm just trying to piece together a theory. It's a bummer. And I would love to see them give a more streamlined solution, uh, saving annihilator what would you recommend for a loadout for the special terminus mission for a solo run also do you feel this quest was bungie trying to lean hard into the hardcore grind aspect of the game i mean putting extinguish putting extinguish in a in a mission is is pretty brutal it's pretty brutal like i was taken, we were taken surprised by extinguish we didn't even know that was a modifier we basically were just like we basically like let's get in there man let's get in there and do this somebody ran ahead they got physics, they died, and we got kicked to orbit. We're like, what on Earth? Uh, We we honestly weren't ready for it. We weren't expecting it. My recommendation for your loadout would be if you've got the Hammerhead, use the Hammerhead, and then throw on Telesto. Hammerhead's a nice machine gun. It's void. frees up your exotic slot, and then that that enables you to throw on Telesto. That's what I would do. Um, So. And then I feel like avoid subclass would be good or maybe a subclass that allows you to pull the rip cord on not dying you know if you've got a subclass that you know when things get bad i can pull the i can pull the rip cord on this and and pop my super and be safe like a well of radiance or something you might be tempted to do a devour warlock build but well of radiance is, is, a, is a nice uh safety precaution especially in the final boss fight devour might be better though because you're by yourself i don't know it might be it might be a, a better choice so either, either way, I think Hammerhead and Telesto are going to be helpful to you. And don't run past enemies if you don't feel you can make it, right? Doesn't work. Yeah, Hunter Invis was really helpful for me when I was in there. Uh, Hunter Hunter Invis was really nice. So next question, your D, how do you feel about the quality of life Destiny has received due to the season pass? I think they're, they're kind of doing what I i said they could do with all the pockets remember i said it's like a brontosaurus you know skeleton with no meat on the bones i was like if bungie just puts meat on the bones there's so much in this game to do and that's essentially what they've been doing right the 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 annual pass is a trickle of meat to put on the bones the scaffolding of the game and so now each week there's something for you to think about and do something for you to chase some role some weapon something right So I really like this, the only thing they need to think about again, if we're thinking quality of life here, the the, the matchmaking and the questing for future, like I would not, I would not do this again, like for season of the drifter, don't, don't chain us through the type of questing that you did uh, for this, where there's a lot of standing around and waiting. Doing a public event heroic that can be, you know, prevented from being heroic? Yeah, they really didn't do a whole lot of quality of life. I felt like this question was more about, like, how much quality of life do you feel the annual pass added? Like, are you, do you feel the game has quality of life? Are you, you know, you feel a reason to be in here every day? That's how I took the question. They haven't really done any big quality of life changes, there's no UI updates or anything like that to streamline stuff. Um, They've even said there's bloat. There's like bloatware, not bloatware, but like the game's bloated right now. They've made so many changes. Load times are really long uh, for certain people, especially console. That's one of the reasons I keep highlighting the the standing around and waiting and the going to the tower because those are especially painful uh, for console players. Um, and a PC player on an SSD, like I, I get annoyed by it and I probably have... The fastest load times possible in destiny with my rig with you know with this nice solid state drive uh and good internet and again pcs just faster in general for load times um and i'm still i'm but i'm freaking annoyed by it every time i've got to put up with it i cannot imagine uh putting up with console load times uh with this stuff so i'm doing my best to grab these uh grab these batteries guys doing my absolute best it's, uh, it gets a little saucy up here, and then when they don't go in, they don't pop. Uh, next question is from Tomster. How do you get the new uh, exotic bow? Apparently, it's not supposed to be dropping yet, so I don't know if they're going to ghost it and not have it drop anymore. I know people were saying if you had a frame from last week, it was causing a glitch that... It was dropping, but then holding a frame from last week is supposed to also cause a glitch where you don't get you don't get two weapons from her each week. You just get one. Uh, so I'm not actually sure what's going on. We had people saying they did get it to drop, even though they didn't carry over an old frame. Uh, and so I'm not actually sure where the where the status is of if it's still dropping, if it's not dropping, uh, how exactly you get it to drop. It sounded like it was literally just a random roll from, um, from just running the forge. So Dylan did confirm. Oh, it is supposed to be dropping. Dylan confirmed it. Okay. Well then never mind. Everything I just said is completely wrong and irrelevant. Dylan DMG apparently confirmed that it is supposed to be dropping. So I'm assuming that it's just a rare drop for, uh, for the forges. You're just in the forge and stuff's going to be dropped. It has a chance to drop cool um i'm gonna jump to the next question here in just a second hopefully nobody needs the radiant seeds because we are gonna be whoops uh juice box hey Bungie commented on the increase oh has Bungie commented on the increased exotic drops it was definitely buffed i got three yesterday in six hours is this intentional or an accident um man those freaking cyclopses are broken the uh the exotic drop rate going up Seems related to changes they have made to uh, prime ingrams. I feel like I get an exotic to drop instead of a prime ingram, which is kind of nice for now because it doesn't seem to make your prime attunement go away. Because I've definitely been getting more exotic drops as well, and it does seem tied to the the what should be a prime ingram drop. At least that's how it feels to me. Uh, I could be misreading it, but I don't know. That's what it, that's what it feels like. We got a snot. We got a snapshot kill clip. Basically, I don't think you want the gun unless it has uh, feeding frenzy. Feeding frenzy is basically the role that you want to get on it. Feeding frenzy is uh, is the unique perk because there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of uh, feeding frenzy in the game right now. Warden's law and this gun and then uh, machine guns are it. We got the same role, Illuminati. Illuminati confirmed. Um, rain rainstripe says the quest steps in the campaign on nessus with failsafe voice acting and the dialogue were awesome do you think some better dialogue between trips back to ada would have made this but i already answered a question about the dialogue um i don't prize it that much and if you prize it great but i don't think that's the focus right now if 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 you get an annual pass deliverable and you're like you're wanting for more dialogue you're wanting for more story and lore I think that's a natural vacancy that we should have anticipated because they told us that was the way it was going to be. So I'm not, uh, I'm not at all hung up on it. Uh, mistakes made says what type of RPG elements will be implemented in D3? No, I have no idea. If anybody's telling you what's going to be in destiny three, um, they're blowing smoke. No one knows. (laughs) No one has a freaking clue. Uh, what's coming. So, um, yeah infamous says hey Lono a bit off topic I was playing last night and it occurred to me that leveling is also really bad not only for bad RNG but the weekly powerful are done and over with in 20 minutes or so uh then we have nothing to grind up to boost us what can they do to make our reset more viable and exciting okay since hardcore players right uh, oh new bounties are available thank you for the heads up like it literally just happened didn't it it's 1201 um, since the hardcores are over and done with so quickly with the the leveling I don't I don't think it's this this huge value point that's threatened if you do this and this was 30 and still gaming's idea on the Rageless Roundtable okay Mike said Mike said I don't know what that alert was. There was just an alert in, in game about something. Mike said why don't they just set an interval like okay, so let's say you do two strikes and you get a powerful. And then three strikes and you get a powerful and then it settles into a rhythm. Every four, maybe five strikes you get a powerful drop. Oh, it was about the third forge, okay. So every time, every time you're 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 running that interval of content that you enjoy. Let's say you just love Crucible. Five Crucible games, powerful five Crucible games powerful right you're just you're just done now as someone in chat is pointing out 20 minutes you're not doing all the powerfuls in 20 minutes Th- There, there's obviously hy- hyper bot like there's obviously hyperbole in this statement but the point he's making is if i hit if i hit the ground hard and i do all the powerfuls on my character you know i could be done in one or two afternoons even if i'm a more casual player right people do they people even though if they consider themselves casuals they can basically say, you know, I'm going to hit the ground this week and try and level up and then they'll, they'll run out of milestones. So I think every pocket should have like that rhythm. Now, the reason I don't think we're going to get that because I say this idea and you're probably like, oh, that sounds great. I could just hang out in Crucible all day. I love Crucible. I love Strikes. I could just hang out in Strikes all day and just keep getting like a nice trickle of Powerfuls. Well, the reason Bungie's not going to do that is I think they want you bouncing in between content. They want you to play Gambit and Crucible each week. They want you to run a Nightfall and a Strike. They want the pockets of the game to get engagement uh, because that just makes the game feel more varied and that makes the game feel like, you know, engagement is is more broad and sort of spread out. Now, the problem with this is, is that I think it ultimately makes people enjoy content less that they already don't enjoy. So if you have to run five Crucible games for a powerful and then you don't get what what you want or you don't get anything that helps you, I think it makes you like Crucible just a little bit less. It's just like, thanks, frick you, Shaxx, right? So if you think about it from that standpoint, what I said is I'm trying to find a happy medium where every week the milestone tells you what you're going to get. So maybe you really don't like running Gambit, but you're trying to get powerful guns and the milestone says powerful gun, right? So you, you have no problem going into Gambit because you know, you're going to get a gun. Well, a lot of the times people really need armor and guns are screwing them because they're pivoting to their other characters. Well, if there was milestones, even milestones like that, you don't particularly enjoy like crucible and you know, you're getting a piece of armor. It's more tolerable because you're like, not a big deal i'll go in i'll run the five games i'm guaranteed a piece of armor i think you could maybe take mike's idea and my idea and combine it and you could say well the first initial milestone you get from strikes is going to be a bigger jump it's going to be a bigger jump it'll be a big it will be a big powerful right and then all the subsequent ones you get after that will be smaller jumps so you could still feel that sense of progress and stay in the pocket of the game that you want to stay in but but you wouldn't feel like i have to go run other content to level up i do not have a choice it'd be like no you do have a choice you could go run gambit and get a bigger jump or you could stay in strikes and get smaller jumps and if they add the intentionality that i talked about you'd be like well Dude, if I get a helmet to drop, that'll be a huge jump for me. And gambit is an armor piece this week. Oh, I'm gonna go run three games at gambit. I might get the helmet, and then you get the helmet, and then you go back to strikes, and you keep grinding the strikes for the smaller jumps. Don't you see? Like, it would, it would still kind of pepper people throughout the game and trying different pockets of the game. But you wouldn't feel so limited, hamstrung, and then you would still feel like I don't run out of, I don't run out of stuff to do. You know, so I'm... Oh, somebody stayed down here. Please don't anchor, guys. We're trying to farm him. So... I, I, I think we're close to that system now. Ada's, Ada's bounty literally says powerful armor. Like, it literally says powerful armor. So, they've already done it to a certain extent. They've already said, you know, here is, here is a milestone where every week you know what you're getting from her... And if, and if that's, if that's the thing you need, if that's the thing you need right then and there, then you're going to focus on that first, get the armor drop, hopefully, you know, get a bump in your, in your, in your power level, and then you can pivot to the other milestones, and then obviously you're, you're depending on luck and some other things, you know, somebody wanted to see the, 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 the pulse rival, there you go, with feeding frenzy, um, so next question is from uh, Nike assassin for every daily reset after Tuesday. What's the order of the daily activities? I don't know. Someone in chat can put that up. I think we have a command for that. I don't actually know. Um, next question from Bower Socks. What are your thoughts on the offering providing us either new lore or this week showed possible new game content coming up on shattered throne rotation thoughts on the offering providing us with either new lore this week. It showed possible new game content coming up or shattered throne rotation. I liked how they did that. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really cool how they said, um, we're going to actually add, you know, story (laughs) with the offering. So I'm not going to spoil it. If you're listening to this in other other locations, iTunes, Google play, Spotify, watch it on YouTube. If you're here in chat right now, I would just recommend as soon as you boot up, go do, go do your, your bounty from Petra that gives you, uh, that gives you the offering and then go turn the offering in and go see Mara. And then there's like a thing in the room to go up and lean in. It's like a, it's like, remember how you went to see her the one time and like the, she had the projection of the ships. One of the projections when you walk up to it says lean in, do that and then enjoy the cutscene. Okay. Uh, JD gamer says, do you think, um, Do you think the DLCs will continue the Forge uh, and create more through the next two DLCs? Um, maybe. Did you already kill the boss? Man, you guys are just really not helping me right now. You anchored in the Lost Sector so it didn't reset, and then you just went and killed the boss by yourself. Like, gee, money, Christmas. Um, go in the room and keep him alive, please, so I can get the seeds. You're slowing me down. Um... I don't know. I don't know if the forges are going to keep getting new treatment. I mean, generally the pattern with Bungie has been they use they use something like Blind Well, um, they use Escalation Protocol, they use whatever, and then they kind of leave it, and then they might bring it back later. I don't think Season of the Drifter is going to do anything with the forges, if that's what you mean. I don't think Penumbra is going to do anything with the forges. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a thing they're planning on doing. I think each injection is going to kind of be be its own its own ethos and its own theme that's not going to be related to the last like season of the drifter is meant to invest in gambit in some way so uh northern kitsune says hey lono do you feel the augmented weapons from anna should be for a specific weapon type for all the loot pools instead of a weapon from one loot pool instead of the weapon from the dreaming city loot pool you get an auto rifle from all the loot pools i mean you said loot pool a lot in that i would say intentionality is always is always good as long as there's rng with random rolls right so the forge grind is fine right you have intentionality you know what you're grinding for you know what you're getting you are getting the pulse rifle you are getting the bow like whatever it is you're going for right intentionality is fine if if they're, if with, like, RNG, like, that's why I say, like, random rolls is just a natural, it's just a natural extender and an organic extender of playtime because it's up to the player to decide how much value they want to place on a given, a given role or a given gun or whatever. Like, whatever it is you're going for, it's just up to you. How many times are you willing to run this content for, you know, the god roll? So, the Augmented Weapons, the, the, the value is thin as it is, right? It's an extra perk option. It's not an extra perk. It's not an extra mod slot. It's an extra perk option. Okay. Cool. Um, that is so random and so risky. Like, you may invest the time in doing it. Now, thankfully, they're not that difficult. The biggest problem with the Augmented Weapons is it costs Modulus Reports or is it modular reports or modulus reports modulus reports it costs reports to buy them so like typically i'm saving those and using those to grind for the the forge weapons so that i have that you know that intentionality of you know getting those drops so i'm i'm taking a currency that has value elsewhere and using it on something where you just get anything um I like them because you can target a weapon from a specific pool now see somebody said that on my YouTube explain that to me so if I go to her right now and I look at the augmented weapons how do I know where the loot pool where it comes from if I complete it on that planet is that what happens or are there or are there augmented weapons that tell me to go to specific places you can I got a god roll uh, retold tale from the dreaming city augmented weapons See, I didn't realize that you could do that, so maybe there is some value there. One is for Gambit, one is for Crucible Vanguard. They should be labeled. They drop from what the quest step says. Two HVTs in Gambit will drop a Gambit weapon. Oh i understand now it's related to the quest step so i've been i've been misrepresenting that con to the augmented weapons a little bit that's why people were correcting me on youtube only a couple people corrected me because i don't think anybody knows that like if it was if i was just in a blatant error right if i was in blatant error i think people would have been more quick to jump on me and correct me but almost you know nobody's saying anything guys make sure you're not all okay i was gonna say make sure you're not alt tabbed um when we're going to the tower uh, did it, did it, did it. yeah. Okay. So, I this is what I think about augmented weapons. Even now realizing that I was ill-informed about them, I think what makes better sense is to rotate the augmented weapons and pick ones that Bungie thinks would be a good fit for it. Okay. So I should be able to go to her and then, like, the Waking Vigil can't get Dragonfly, but the Waking Vigil has some roles on it that people might want so it would be another rotation right i come in here and it says waking vigil right this is a vanguard weapon uh this is destination so does that pull from that destination so can i get an old-fashioned no an old-fashioned is not in the new loot pool uh that's gambit that's Dreaming city that's crucible so what is des- does destination can i decide to go to a planet where i know a certain weapon can drop Cause that destination arsenal might be helpful if you want to get the weapons from Anna Bray. Cause you could do that on Mars, like intentionally. Um, I'm curious about that. Oh, destination is bad. Huh. We'll have to see. I, I definitely think it needs more work. I definitely think it needs more work. Mars doesn't have any year two weapons. Oh, ignore me then. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's another reason to bring those weapons forward. Uh, Kamikaze. With the strike in the quest having extinguished on, would it have been better for some solos to have matchmaking? Uh, I got it done, but it was tough. I mean, I think the pushback and the comeback is going to be it's endgame content. Endgame content difficulty is acceptable and you know, we want, we want things to be challenging and funnel you to playing with other players. Now you might say, I, I don't, I don't line up. My schedule doesn't line up right now with other players, man. There should be solutions for me, for me, right? Unfortunately, matchmaking could get kind of trollish because somebody could run ahead and die intentionally. I don't know who would do this, but I mean, people, people have done dumber things, right? Um, People could definitely go in run ahead and just intentionally die So every time you match make in you get match made in with an idiot and you just keep getting kicked to orbit uh, That might be a reason why they didn't want to put matchmaking in there. I I hate extinguish anyway extinguish is stupid. It's a dumb perk um, It's fine on a nightfall car when you know it's there and you're taking your time going for score But in this content, it's 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 tacked on to a tedious grind where there's like lots of steps right and naturally players are going to gravitate toward wanting to do it quickly why am I I'm getting all turned around here where is the teleporter um or is it lagged because they're not with me what's going on here am I just oh it's right here yeah it wasn't lighting up okay Speaking to and the rejoining. All right, I'll wait for you. So, what were they saying? Yeah, I think Extinguish is dumb unless you're doing a Nightfall card because you kind of take your time and you're getting the points. Like they had to know, they had to know people were going to get to that stage of the of the quest and they were going to want to go quickly. And so they kind of punish you for trying to go quickly in a quest that you got to do on three characters or whatever. Also, Extinguish doesn't freaking work right. Like the game should be nuanced and smart enough to know this guy ran ahead and died, but the other two fire team members are alive. That shouldn't count as a team wipe, right? That is just so silly that it does that. I get why it does it, <laughs> but yeah, I, matchmaking would have been—I think matchmaking would have been fine—but then take out extinguish so people can't ruin your experience by being an idiot. Yes, I talked to Marasov, but we're keeping spoilers out of chat, please. Starless, what do you think of the RNG of the new exotic bow? Seen like 10-plus people get it uh, first run of the forge. I've done 20 runs, no bow. Man, rare drops are rare drops, you know? 1K Voices was like that. I The grenade launcher in, in Scourge of the Past is probably like that. People are just going to try and not be able to. And, you know, it's just one of those things, man. It's just one of those things exotics aren't supposed to drop a lot you know exotics aren't supposed to drop a lot so i don't necessarily uh have a solution other than just keep playing i mean commentating on this like i just don't what am i supposed to say like yeah it's good yeah it's bad I, exotics are supposed to be rare one person's gonna get 10 Galahorns, and you can't get one for months like that happened in d1 if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of Destiny, it shouldn't it you you not getting an exotic and your friend getting a bunch or your friend getting his first try, that's like literally par for the course in Destiny. That that's not a uh, that's not a surprising turn of events. <laughs> that is a, that is a common theme and thread and sometimes I even think it's 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 somewhat manufactured. You guys have heard me theorize that like once you get an exotic, the drop rate goes up on that exotic uh because they want people to know it's dropping and it doesn't hurt the saturation if you get a bunch (laughs) you know it doesn't hurt the saturation of it in the world they don't want it to be overly saturated and everywhere they like things like that to show up uh at rare intervals so uh next question Nova hands hey Lono I was thinking that the forge format for grinding weapons would be nice for other areas of the game EP and even rage are guaranteed to drop but it's random requires some pre-work could this work yeah I've already I've already outlined this idea for the other NPCs like going to devrim K and saying I really want an old-fashioned this is a week where he has an old-fashioned bounty I do all the pre-work I finish it out pops an old-fashioned and you know random rolls keeps the content uh, organically relevant. It's only relevant if you want an old-fashioned, right? Other planets could do the same thing. A Raid NPC is so dramatically needed. It, it's so, so frustrating that they did... They did a Raid NPC with Benedict, and then they didn't do anything with him. He was a freaking token machine. Like, eh. So... In my mind, this is just another... You're taking an idea I've kind of put out there, and you're making it even better. You're saying, oh, raid, right? Each week, there could be a raid bounty where you're like, dude, I really want this dadgum shotgun. I can't even get it to drop. Well, you could at least get a chance at a good roll if there was a bounty you could go into the raid with and get the the shotgun to drop, but there'd be pre-work. Maybe you have to do at least one entire raid, uh, and then and then you can, and then you can, you know, get it to drop, but you gotta go back in, right? Don't make it super easy, like, yeah, just grab the bounty, and then it costs some currency, and then you go in, and then it drops. Like, like you said, have pre-work, uh, I think would be fine. So, uh, Billas, do you think making some of the old story missions and strikes, uh, could be a good way of giving old content more use, uh, relevant and give the strike guys a bit more variety? I mean, generally speaking creating uh, more like value I don't even know if you'd call it value because I'm about to say it doesn't have value right bringing back story missions and old strikes and stuff the the question I'm always going to ask is why like what would be the reason what would you do in them and if there was a if there was a loot pursuit then it makes sense If there's no loot pursuit, then nobody would care. Strikes in general have that problem right now. There's no reason to run strikes after you get your milestone. And once you're max level, strikes don't matter to you. Somebody had a really good idea the other day that the Nightfalls could have strike-specific loot that is uh, an armor piece. And then the Nightfall, I'm sorry, the Nightfall has the weapon and then the strike has the, the armor piece. You know, you could do the, you know, you got the Warden's Law hand cannon. There could be, you know, Warden's gauntlets that you can get just by running the strike. And then when paired together, that could be another thing they could do, you know, have like some synergy there. It could be like, well, when you pair these two together, uh, they actually, it makes it quite, you know, a little bit stronger. Uh, that could be cool too we might be getting a little bit too you know in depth here but i think that would just be another way of hey here's a reason to run old strikes you know there could be an entire vanguard set that you kind of if you piece it all together through different strikes and then you know different as you said story missions you grind those story missions you grind those strikes and then bada bing bada boom you know you've got yourself a uh, you got yourself a loot grind you know another loot grind Amish Milkman, do you think there will be, uh, they will add challenge card difficulty uh, slider to increase the difficulty, uh, by lowering power differences and also increasing drops? I mean, they, they don't, the design, it was almost like they didn't even want to keep that in the game when they did it for the Nightfalls. It was like, they even made it sound like it was going away. It, like, it was weird. It was like, you could still do it, but I, for a second, when I remember, I remember reading the blog about the challenge card, I couldn't tell if it was staying in the game. I was like, wait, is, is the challenge card going away or is it staying? Which is it? Uh, oh, we got drop mag, but we didn't get... I don't think we got a good a roll. Uh, so, I, yeah, for whatever reason, they, they moved away from... They moved away from giving us difficulty... You know different difficulties in strikes, and they did the same thing with the nightfall, and they did the same thing with the raids. And I feel like that theme and that shift is now touching all content. Here's here's new content. Here's new stuff to do. No no change in difficulty. It's always kind of the same. Uh, loyal uh, ASF says, how how would you see Marasaw of Oracle offering this? Re-? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it, and I recommend everybody check it out. Uh, Danny J. Do you think there will ever be uh, raid-like encounters in the future with mechanics that just three-man fire teams or there will always be six-man events? It seems like there might be something that would get more casual players in endgame activities thoughts. Well, see, I've always thought that after the raid's been out for a while, and this is obviously back when they had... Um, back when they had normal than hard I was always like well once normal once hard comes out and is out for a week they can add matchmaking for normal and I always said they could have a like a raid training playlist where you have to go through and do smaller encounters with a couple of people you have to plug your mic in or you don't even get access like you gotta prove that your mic is working and then you go into you know the raid training and then it kind of shows you how to do all the different mechanics and then that would unlock raid matchmaking for you so you know if you're going into Raid matchmaking, at the very least, at the very least, you're going to have people in there that know what the frick they're doing with basic mechanics and have a working microphone, right? Thank you for the brand new one, Swag Money. Thank you for the Prime Sub. And hopefully I didn't miss Ghost's Prime Sub a while ago. Um, make sure, again, you guys are not alt-tabbed when we're going into the tower. I, I We've not been struggling. And every time I say it, then it goes, it's like, as soon as I get to the point where I'm like, is somebody alt-tabbed? <laughs> um... So that I think that would be uh, that could be something they could do. A lot. Here's the thing, though. Okay. Here's the thing. The the work that it would take to go into creating that. Right. You have to create something that detects a microphone. Okay. Then you got to create the content that's going to train people on how to do it. Right. I, by the time you're done, by the time you're done my concern would be that your net your net add of people in you know in going into the raids wouldn't be that much different right if people are bound and determined to go and run the raid right and they really really want to check out the raid i feel like they would find solutions i feel like they would figure it out you know what i mean so if you really hold people's hands You really let them know hey you can uh you can now use this solution to get into raids and there's raid training and all this other stuff my concern would be bungie would spend all that time creating it and then you wouldn't see this big influx of people doing and completing raids now that's not an argument against them doing it i still think the more people have access to more content the better Right. I've always argued for accessibility and I've tried to show people that there's a difference between accessibility and making something easy. Whenever I argued for accessibility in the raids, I was never saying make them easy. I was just saying make it easy to get in there. You don't got to make it easy to beat, right? So that that's just that's just been my mindset on it is the 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 accessibility is nice, but right now I don't think Bungie can prioritize that. Bungie's main job right now is just content and value add. Content value content and value add. Just be adding both content and value. Boom 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 boom. Well we could spend all this time developing this raid training playlist and getting people more people into raids blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and then what what where does that line up in like the spectrum of well, how much ad is that going to be for the community at large? I don't think a ton. Let's run the Earth one, because it'll be easy to get the multi-kills there, the seeds, and I need modulus reports, because we're getting low. Um, the next question comes from Mad uh, Madden Maddenog says, Hi, Lono. Here's an idea. Exotic gear sets. Sets of legendary armor that match the aesthetic of exotic armor, but then when the set is complete, it either enhances or augments the exotic perk. I always found it weird how some exotic looks off with other sets of armor. Yeah, I, there's that's a lot of work to give you aesthetic freedom. I don't like... Uh, uh, ornaments are cool. Ornaments are cool, I'll, I'll give you that. But sometimes I get concerned about, like, let's just think about Skull Fort and the ornament they added for Skull Fort that makes it look like Daft Punk. Um, I'm actually... I, I love it and I wear it, but there's a part of me that doesn't... I, I kind of cringe a little bit at that. And I don't mean cringe in like the way all the cool kids say. I'm kind of like, eh... It's Skull it It's a historical, long-standing exotic. It's been in the game since Destiny 1. And I can turn it into, like, a party mask. That, to me, it's like there's lore behind why the items look the way they look, right? The the skull of the Dire Ahamkara, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's supposed to look like that. And if I go in and change it to, to, change it to make it look like, I don't know, it's got you know, fidget spinners on it or something stupid. That's obviously extreme, but you almost trivialize the exotics a little bit. I'm not going to fight against it, but I don't know if you need to give people that level of freedom over exotic appearance. Uh, Chow of all sows says... I would have liked to have seen something like The Division had. Each strike has a more difficult version. Nightfall with rotating gear for each one. One Nightfall will give a random hand cannon, gauntlets, helmet, and it rotates either every week or a couple of days thoughts. I mean, I'm all about adding difficulty spectrum, but I don't think we need to change the way the Nightfall loot works. They just need to change the Nightfall rotation. If you're waiting for Warden of Nothing, there's three nightfalls a week. It shouldn't take that long for it to rotate back in. The problem is, for whatever reason, when Bungie's rotating nightfalls, some of them are carrying over. I'm not really sure what's going on. Or there's some that just have a much higher uh, presence. Like it seems like it's always there. You know, there's what's the one that's it feels like it's there every freaking week. It's like, dude, are there any other spikes you could put in the game? Like, why are that? Why is this the nightfall every single time? That happened with the Warden of Nothing the one time, and obviously I didn't care. I was like, sweet. Um, that's 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 more opportunity for me to grind it. But if they if the nightfall is rotated properly, I'm okay with the rhythmic urgency. It's like, okay, here's the nightfall. Yeah, hollowed layers there like every week, it feels like. Um, there's 14 total nightfalls, only four make rotation. Um, he skipped over the main question that stinks. Want to hear his thoughts over complete set enhancing or augmenting the exotic perks? Okay, yeah. Okay, let me let me revisit your question. Let me let me revisit your question. Sorry. Um, again, you're you're changing the way exotics work in the game, which I'm not against that, but then you have to wear that entire set just to get that thing. So, I kind of like what they did with the catalyst more. It was like a mystery, then you had to use the weapon, you had to invest in the weapon. When you were investing in the weapon, you know, it was it was slow and painful. You know, the catalyst took a while for some of them. And I don't know, I like that more than hey, if you put on this entire, you know, armor set, it's going to change your exotic and it's gonna change the perk. I'm not sure how I feel about that personally, because I, unless unless it's more of a staggered version of the exotic, like the full the full thrust giggity, the full thrust of the exotic isn't realized until you do this maybe. But then again, you're tying the full the full power of the exotic, you're tying it to you having to go and get another full armor set. I think armor sets should work this way personally. This is how I think armor set should work. If I get a full armor set from the raid and I wear it, there are benefits that then make me consider, okay, maybe I should wear a full raid set as opposed to wearing this exotic. Give you that painful decision of, man, you know this exotic's great, but they're they're really adding some value here. The, you know the 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 raid the raid perk set is nice. Like I, I, I think that would be a better way that's a more healthy way to have people kind of choosing between like exotic or set and then you can maybe even say well if you wear the exotic you're not completely missing out on the raid perks you can have it be where maybe uh if if you're wearing one less piece so instead of all five pieces being a raid set you're you know you get a little bit of a less on the percentage bump whatever it does is slightly weaker so Steve, thank you for the brand new Prime sub. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, everybody. If you've been liking the show and liking the question and answer, um, be sure to uh, click the follow button. And if you're listening to this in the other locations iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all that, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now while you're listening to this, so come say hi. Uh, I appreciate it. A lot of people have been doing that lately now that I'm saying this um, in my talks. Uh, Zach Attack says if you go. To avalanche in your collections, it shows what it can roll, like the light GG does. Why do you think they haven't done this for every weapon? Could be an experiment. They wanted to make sure that it worked uh, before rolling it out to the rest of uh, the rest of the content. They could have said, "Hey, you know, we we want to give people, you know, tools in the game to equip them, and that's a great great way." So for those of you that don't know, let me show you. If you go to collections and you go to Weapons, and then you go to Machine Guns. Here is the Avalanche. You hit Y for details, and there's this big, giant, beautiful skill tree and makes the weapon look uh, borderline insane. (laughs) And it shows you all the possible perks that can roll. So you come in here and you go, oh man, I would really like to get Feeding Frenzy and Rampage. I'm not sure if it's not, I don't think it's showing everything though. I'm pretty sure, can it get different mag mods are those the only two it can get? In any case, in any case, it may not be working in a complete way, or it may be working in a complete way. That would be a good value add for the community. That's a good quality of life, um, add. Because then, again, just how I said, each week that you know the reset screen should maybe uh, inform the player about what's in the game to go grind for. Somebody says it's not. There are way more mags and scopes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I can get high cal. So the, even then, that's probably why they did it, right? We're even now seeing it's not quite working um all the way so uh i get too hard says do you think adding guiding game specific weapons or armor and the weekly drop would increase guided games player pool the sad part about this question is i've been getting a lot of people asking about guided games so i know there are people that want it to be um a reality they want guided games to be better and to work and so it's sad that my answer makes me sad because i don't think guided games will ever have a ton of people in it and my answer has been the same uh every time this has come up it is impossible i think at this point impossible is a strong word but i'm gonna go with it i think it's impossible at this stage in the life of destiny to fill the funnel with the right players okay you want at least, at least I would think half or 30% of the people going into guided games to be experienced, knowledgeable, and good players, right? Let's say 30%. You want a good chunk of people in there to help and 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 to take people through. The problem with how established the franchise is, most of the people going in there are not experienced and don't know what they're doing and the people that do know what they're doing have zero reason to go in there not because there's no loot or incentive or motivation but because they have their solution they they've they've figured out how to navigate lfg 100 that 100 website 100.io uh they've got a clan they've got buddies that they love playing with they are in our discord you know whatever the case may be they're they're never going in the funnel so basically you you have a funnel that needs tall people and it's all short people so whenever you go to do a raid you're like we don't have any tall people right we need a tall person and we have everybody here is a short person just a bunch of Lonos because i'm a short guy right um and all the tall guys are like yeah we don't really need to go in there we already have our teams we have already have our people out. So the equation just isn't getting what it needs to, to, to fire on all cylinders and to work. The equation is not getting uh, the the foot traffic that it needs. And again, this saying this makes me sad because I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I know that's one of the main problems because anytime you talk to experienced players, they're like, I have no interest in going in there. I don't need to, right? And it makes me sad because I know that a lot of people are asking about this because it would be a, it would be a help to them. It would be a good value add for them to be able to load up guided games and go in and get some help. Um, now this adds insult to injury and compounds itself, right? Let's say somebody does go in who's experienced and the matchmaking takes forever. Because for whatever reason, the funnel's just not getting filled with enough people. Well, now, even the people that might consider doing it are probably going to feel discouraged from doing it because going in is just a waste of their time. They're like, why go, I go in here? I'm just sitting in freaking, you know, orbit. I'm not I'm not getting any done with my time, you know? A lot of the times, people are just, they're trying to get in and get out and get things done efficiently. So even if they considered it or tried it and thought like, I'm going to be a good Samaritan today. I'm going to go help some people with the raid. They may get immediately turned off to it by the time, you know, that they sit in matchmaking. Snap 7 what are your thoughts on being able to spend a currency at Banshee and switch out your scopes? It's hard enough to get the role you want for it to be ruined by a crappy scope buzzkill. I mean, I could I could probably get behind this. This this smacks of reforging, which I don't like reforging, but um, you know given given the nature of random rolls, you finally get the role you want and then it not having the right scope i I could feel that being a little a little too strenuous on your like this is like why i'm okay with re-rolling uh raid gear the reason i'm okay with re-rolling raid gear is because you know it takes it takes forever to get a full set, or glass needles to re-roll exotics, right? Like you get the exotic, that should be the end of it, and then you should be able to re-roll it to get the perks that you want. The exotic is the is the, is the the carrot, not the god roll. Like they added random rolls to exotics, so it's like, you know, I I would love to get you know hand cannon reloader on my my you know shards of Gallinor or whatever. So I'd, so I'd be okay with it there. I think. I think I could live with this. I think I could live with what you're saying. So, uh, Black Zach Morris says So, I really like how the division handled gear score, uh, and it was achieved through optimization um, and subsequently maxing out the stats of your gear. Power level in its current state feels like a somewhat meaningless number to me, based too heavily on chance and RNG. Do you think it would be a better solution to simply grind and hope you get the right drops? Well, right. And. I think the old I think the old level cap should always just be achievable through playing. Blues from a public event, lost sector anything should get you to 600 cuz 600 doesn't matter anymore. I don't mind the 600 to 650 being a navigation of milestones with the milestones again should tell you what you're getting so you can target the armor ones when you need armor and the guns when you need guns and then a little bit of smart RNG so you don't get screwed and waste your time. So Last question, Mad says, uh, here's another idea, something I think Bungie should do in the collection, all randomly rolled gear also uh, has a flat static roll that can be pulled from the collection and used, but if you want a better roll, you have to farm for its source. Also, uh, I should be able to list exactly where you can get the item. some listings are not clear. Yeah, I'd be okay with this, and they said they're working on solutions to let us pull randomly rolled gear, um from collections they have they have indicated that they have indicated that that is something you're going to be able to do in the future as a solution so again if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably come in and watch me live i'm live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage if you're here live stick around not going anywhere got some more stuff to do with you guys today uh, and more announcements to make so as always if you're listening to this or watching this elsewhere i appreciate you watching and listening to all my content please like share and subscribe